High Limit is trying to change the sprint car game and team charters are next on their list. We'll go deep on their plans today and what it all means. Let's go. It's Sunday, December 10th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Indoor season is here, as is the holiday season, and it's the perfect time to check out today's show partner, MSP Mounts. If you want to capture footage and content from your race car, your side-by-side, your ATV, MSP Mounts has you covered. Their action camera mounts fit GoPros or Insta360s or any other camera you've got with a standard quarter 20 screw-on setup. The perfect gift for any racer, these mounts come with an easy clamp-on system that will fit bars ranging from three quarters of an inch up to two inches. You can literally take it out of the packaging and have it mounted and ready to roll in seconds with no tools needed. The swivel balls are stainless steel and they can hit any angle you can think of. If you want to order, right now is the time. Owner Dan McCarran has marked down the camera mounts from $109.99 to $99.99. If you use code DIRTTRACKER at checkout, you'll get an additional 10% off. This deal won't last long, so get in now while you can. Order now over at mspmounts.com with code DIRTTRACKER at checkout. It's been a very uh, busy, uh, news-packed last few days around the PRI show, and there are a ton of things to react to. It can't and won't happen all on this episode, but just know that we'll be covering a lot of ground over the next few days. Sprint car stuff remains wild. There are topics to discuss on the lay model and modified side as well. I have quite a lengthy list of items for us to discuss, and I'm sure the news won't slow down for a bit here either. If you missed it, I did uh, post a video yesterday showing my experience at the PRI show on Thursday. Check that out if you're curious about the show and have never been before. And coming out of the PRI show, the sprint car stuff continues to be a huge point of focus for the industry in that still very new battle here for territory between the World of Outlaws and High Limit. With the schedules out, the next maneuvering is for the full-time teams on both sides. Early on, the Outlaws, I felt like, had the momentum on that front. They announced a bunch of their signees not long after World Finals, but I think in recent days, that PR momentum feels like it shifted kind of in the direction of high limit. At this moment, the Outlaws have eight in David Gravel, Gio Selzy, Logan Schuhart, Donnie Schatz, Sheldon Hanshield, Brock Zierfoss, Bill Rose, and Landon Crawley. Schatz was the one announcement for the series to come out of Indianapolis. The teams that were out with the Outlaws in 2023, who we are still waiting on, you know, their plans for next year, include Carson Macedo and the JJR41, and the Roth team. We're also, uh, we also don't know anything official from Noah Gas. 10 right now for the Outlaws seems to kind of be the number, uh, which means there could potentially be spots for two or three more teams if anyone was looking to make the jump. As for that high limit momentum, back on Thursday's show, we talked about Rico Abreu becoming the seventh high limit driver. And the series picked up three more through the trade show, joining Brad Sweet, Jacob Allen, Zeb Wise, Corey Eliason, Casey Kane, and Brenham Crouch. Initially, it was Corey Day announcing he was going to run the midweek stuff in partnership with Clawson Marshall Racing. But Friday, they pushed the deal even further and announced for the whole schedule. The talk for a long time had been that Corey wouldn't go full-time anywhere until high school was complete. But in talking to them at the show, they have a plan to get Corey finished up with school while still being able to race. High Limit also added Justin Peck and the Book 13, and yesterday it was Spencer Basin with the CJB5. Obviously, the Book 13, not full-time with the series uh, this last season. They did run with the All-Stars before that. Basin is a flip from the Ward of Outlaws. You know, that's one we've been talking about here recently, so that one shouldn't be a surprise. So at the moment, High Limit is at 10 currently, and we're not done. In a video with uh, Flow Racing's Michael Rigsby, it sounded like Brad Sweet slipped up a little bit and outed Tyler Courtney as well which makes sense as that move has been in the rumor mill. 
And in recent days, with some of the other names floating around, I thought they'd get to at least 13 or 14, but we could see High Limit push past that to possibly 16 or more. If they get to that many, the teams further down the order could struggle with finances, and I think you would probably see a few fall off later in the year. As we've talked about many times before with any series, the economics start to break down for those teams kind of towards the bottom of the standings. So that's where we stand at the moment with both series in terms of drivers, but the news didn't stop on Sunday. If you watch the show regularly, you know I've mentioned that High Limit was talking about a different ownership relationship than the outlaws when it comes to money. And then late last week, Rico's comments to Jeremy Elliott were the first real public acknowledgement we'd had of the charter system being discussed. It got brought up again by Rigsby in his conversation with Brad, and then yesterday it was an Adam Stern story in Sports Business Journal, which outed a good portion of the plan. As a side note here, I tweeted yesterday about Stern getting to break the story. I think some viewed it as a negative reaction on my part, which it wasn't at all. I just thought it was interesting that he got the leak, especially since he doesn't cover much dirt racing. I know why it happened, though, as tweets and stories from him lend a much bigger audience and a bit more credibility. He was actually one of the first to break the news many years ago that the World of Outlaws had signed Craftsman as a title sponsor. Back to the charter stuff, though. So what exactly is a charter and how is this all going to work? Think about the charter as like a franchise agreement similar to what we see in other sports. Gives the team something of value that will guarantee them a certain amount of revenue, their spot in the series, and something that can be bought or sold in the future. NASCAR uses a similar model at the moment, but unlike what they do, a high-limit charter will not guarantee a team a spot in a night's feature. That must still be earned through the uh, traditional path. So how are teams going to get a charter? Well, it's all spelled out in the high-limit documentation that got sent to teams, and it's in Stern's story. Straight from high-limit, the procedure reads like this. Only a full-time, as in must-field a car in every high-limit racing sprint car event in 2024, Double-down entrant high-limit racing series members shall be initially eligible to secure a high-stakes charter, which will be granted based on, uh, upon performance. The top five in year-end points double-down member teams at the conclusion of the 2024 season shall automatically be granted a high-stakes charter. At the conclusion of the 2025 season, the next five best highest-finishing full-time members must participate in all of the 2024 and 2025 high-limit racing series races, Based upon average car owner year-end point finishes during the 2024 and 2025 seasons that were not already granted a high-stakes charter shall be granted said high-stakes charter at the conclusion of the 2025 season. So more briefly, top five after 2024, then the next five highest after 2025, equaling 10 total charters. It's important to point out here that the second round of charters will go to teams that ran both seasons. The path to a charter becomes more difficult if you join after 2024, and would probably mean needing to buy one. The teams you see signing up now who want a charter are effectively looking at a two-year commitment. I think this is a big reason why we're seeing this initial push to be a high-limit team, and it was a solid move on the series side to push this urgency. Get in now and try and be one of the 10 teams because it'll be much more difficult later, and if it doesn't work out, there will be other options for series membership, like with the Outlaws. Beyond the first 10 charters, the initial documentation lays out provisions for potentially four more charters after that. It reads, quote, the High Limit Racing Series may award up to an additional four charters commencing with the 2026 season to be granted to teams at the sanctioning body's discretion. In no event, however, shall more than one High Limit designated charter be granted per year in order to reward founding high-stakes charter member teams and reduce dilution over the term of the remaining streaming broadcast agreement. High Limit Racing shall implement reasonable anti-dilution measures. So in this initial setup, a total of 14 spots could be available. 
And now that we know uh, how the charters will be awarded and given out, and that's kind of out of the way here, what exactly does the charter get you as a team owner? In 2024 and 2025, High Limit will pay tow money and point fund just like you see everywhere else in dirt racing. But beginning in 2026, that model will start to change. The teams that hold charters will no longer receive tow money and the point fund, but instead get their share of cash through regular fixed monthly payments through the season. High Limit has decided they will share 50% of their streaming revenue with the teams through this program, but not everyone will get an equal amount. On this point, the High Limit document says, beginning in the 2026 season with the initial grant of 10 high-stakes charters, the high-stakes charter system shall commence with the high-stakes charter teams being rewarded 50% of the streaming monies. The new system will operate by providing the teams with monthly fixed-fee payments, which shall be weighted based upon factors that may include average finishing positions over the initial two-year period, championships, and race wins. The result will be an elimination of tow money and the year-end point fund. However, in no event shall charter teams collectively receive less than 50% of the streaming revenue. To summarize, a team's cut of the streaming revenue will be based on their performance. So if you win races and championships, you'll get more than the guy that finishes further down the order. Where this got a bit confused yesterday, I think, is that point on tow money and the point fund. I had a 40-minute conversation yesterday with Brad Sweet to get some clarification on all of this. And the point fund and tow money effectively get eliminated for those charter teams, but not everyone else. So if you're the 11th team or further down the order and you're full-time and didn't get a charter, uh, tow money uh, will still be available and some version of a point fund will be up for grabs. Uh, that is still yet to be determined what that looks like that will happen in the future. I also want to clarify a bit on the word streaming. That 50% revenue share is really on the broadcast rights fees. Right now, that means the streaming dollars from Flow, but in the future, it means any rights fees, like potentially television. Uh, there are some rules here that have been uh, placed on charters to start as well, like uh, team owners can't have a stake in more than two, and charters can't be leased. We saw that in NASCAR where one team owned the charter, but they effectively rented it out to another. High Limit is not allowing that. As long as teams continue to have perfect attendance, though, they will keep their charters uh, in the future until they decide to sell them. And it's that value of selling them that Brad and the High Limit leadership hopes will create equity for the teams. Because of payouts being based on past performances, not all of the charters will be worth the same. For example, say Brad rips off a couple of championships, but then Casey Kane decides he's going to sell the 49 charter he wants to get out. Whoever buys that charter will have payments for the next season based on Brad's titles. So their revenue share will be larger, thus making the, cha uh, the charter more valuable than, say, a team that sells after running in the 10th position. With no point fund and outside of purse money, that's the incentive to continue running well and winning. Going forward here, too, there's still a lot of question marks about all of this. Yes, we know it's 50% of streaming revenue, but what exactly that number is, how much money it is, and what will be uh, on offer to teams, we don't know. At this moment, I think it's important to understand this isn't more or new money available versus what you might get with the Word of Outlaws. This will be a different way to pay out the same money. High Limit hopes this turns into there being enough cash coming from the series that teams won't need significant sponsorship dollars to participate, but that will depend on how the series grows and what they can secure for future rights deals. Brad acknowledges they still have things to figure out and a lot of the details you know, in an actual legal agreement about this are still needing to be ironed out fully. They have a year before the first charters will be granted anyway and two years before the system really will take effect according to their plans. Where the racetracks lie in all of this with streaming revenue was a question I had for Brad as well, and while he wouldn't really share specific details, did say they have a plan for that. Other questions will be what a charter will be worth on the open market, but that will ultimately be dictated by demand. We've seen NASCAR charters sell for huge sums, 
but I wouldn't expect that here at least early on. Businesses usually sell for some multiple of revenue, and that could be true with these charters down the road. I think overall, we'll just kind of have to wait and see how this plays out in the coming years. This type of model has created value in places like Formula One and NASCAR, but it doesn't get used everywhere, and sprint car racing isn't NASCAR or F1. It does create some measure of a barrier to entry and incentive for teams to stick around longer, but it's hard to predict how that could affect things in the next several years. And if rights fees don't increase versus the outlaws, then I'm not sure how this model really differs all that much from that side. If, though, High Limit is able to justify more streaming revenue from Flow, or if they're able to secure some version of a TV deal, then that will certainly change this dynamic in a significant way. I know this was a lot of information, but there was a lot to share, and I wanted to try and give as much of a complete picture of this charter system as possible. Uh, feel free to leave your comments below and any questions you might have. We'll try to get those answered. Uh, we'll call it there for today. We'll have plenty of other topics to dive into in the coming days. Hope you guys have a great Sunday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. 